Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. Today's guest is becoming a regular around here, and I am grateful for that. You might remember Jay Dusold from previous episodes of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. From the time that we crossed paths, Jay and I knew that we were on the same page when it came to helping teens and young adults find their way to careers that they will love and stick with. In this episode, we talk about the importance of having our teens do the career research before choosing a path after high school. I am witnessing so many people feeling overwhelmed and anxious because they started on a path after high school, but they had no idea where they were headed. That is causing stress and anxiety, and they are losing their motivation to continue. During our conversation, Jay shares the six basic elements of a career position and why they are important to know. Parents, you'll hear this message loud and clear. We need to learn about and get on board with the changing world of work. We can't possibly help guide our teens on their journey if we don't have the most current and relevant information. There's a lot to unpack in this episode, and Jay, as always, provides helpful, actionable advice. So let's get started. Hey, Jay, welcome back to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Hey, Betsy, it's great to be here as always. If you're a loyal listener, you know that Jay's been on the podcast multiple times. And if you're a member of our Life After 12th Facebook group, you know that Jay and I collaborate in there and offer trainings and help and encouragement for parents of career-confused teens and young adults. And recently, you may not be aware that I started working with Jay as a career exploration specialist. So (laughs) Jay's given me the woohoo. You can't see him, but uh, the fist, the fist bump. Um, But we are working together and we're helping young people find their way to careers that they will love and stick with, whether that be through college or directly into the workforce or another path after high school. And today we're going to talk about the struggle that our teens and young adults go through when they are trying to choose a career path. And, you know, we're going to talk more about this during the conversation. And I'm going to let Jay give a quick introduction of who he is and what he does, because if this is your first time listening, you don't already know this. So Jay, take it away. All right. Well, like I said, it's great to be here. And I um, I have a great passion, as Betsy does, for really helping young people figure out life after 12th. Uh, so many young people are confused, and they don't know what to do to solve their confusion. So it's, it's perpetual confusion, <laughs> and they just don't know what to do. And that has some really serious uh, ramifications. Number one, it just causes a lot of waste, wasted time, wasted effort, wasted money. Number two, it leaves young people often uh, stressed, fearful, and full of anxiety. And, and thirdly, it, it really robs young people from reaching their full potential. So when I look out at the landscape of young people who are beginning to care about figuring out life after 12, I see a landscape of young people who are, are, for the most part, anxious and confused and fearful. They don't know how to actually solve their problem, and they're being robbed of their full potential. And that really bothers me. I was at a place of trying to help my own son back in 2014 figure things out, and I realized then, Betsy, that there's not much out there. Now, there's these free uh, assessment tests or these free attitude you know, tests you can take online, um, but I was not ready to trust the results of one of those things <laughs> to make a, a potentially uh, huge investment based on, you know, I wasn't, I just wasn't comfortable because I had done some research in the process and realized, you know what, uh, studies show those things really aren't all that, all that helpful, all that reliable. And uh, many young people come out more confused. And so that began my journey of saying, there's got to be a better way. There has to be a better way. And and I figured something out. I put something together. It worked for my own son. 
And then I realized, oh my gosh, like this could be a solution that could really help other young people. And so that really began my journey as a teen career guide back in 2014. And I've been working with amazing young people around the world since then, getting these results of their confusion turning into clarity and confidence because they really understand their wiring and they know how to choose careers that align with their design. And it's been a fantastic journey. Well, and it's no secret that I believe in this, love it, find it incredibly valuable. I mean, so much so that, you know, I said to Jay, please train me. I want to be a part of this because I think it's so important. And, you know, I spend a lot of time having conversations with parents who are skeptical and that's okay. I mean, I was skeptical in the beginning too, and we should be right where it comes to our kids. We should ask the tough questions and make sure that we're getting the right advice and solid advice to help them. But a lot of them will say, you know, well, they're teenagers. They they can't possibly know what they want to do for the rest of their life. And we're not talking the rest of their life here. We're talking what's next. That's what I keep saying. And potentially the rest of their life. I mean, if we can find their fits, find what's really going to be the right path for them they should be able to stay on that path. Yeah, they might swerve a little bit into different jobs within the field or that sort of thing, but ideally we're going to help them. And more importantly, as I'm experiencing firsthand, so many kids are getting ready to apply to colleges and they're saying, I have no idea what I want to study and or I'm just going to go undecided and figure it out when I get there, which I call the most expensive experiment ever. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just think if we can equip them before we get there, college is going to be so much more bang for the buck if they're if it's intentional and purposeful and not just I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah, absolutely, Betsy. I, I love that. And, you know, it's it's a shame that our culture has basically told our young people and their parents that you really can't know for sure. So, so the best option is to embrace this trial and error approach to figuring it out. And I'm, I can absolutely say with confidence that that is just not true. Now, it might be the actual experience of 90% of people, but it doesn't mean it's true. Can so many people you know, be wrong? Yes, yes. It can be. It's it's operating under the wrong idea, the, the false idea, may I say that the poisonous, toxic idea that you really can't figure it out. And so, so many of our young people don't think they can. And again, they just kind of go off into life after 12, bumping around, trial and error, choosing pathways that they're just hoping will work out. Meanwhile, we can actually know. We need an update, Betsy, with real data, with objective fact. We need a revolution in career guidance world. And, and, and you and I, I know we're passionately committed to bringing this and helping parents realize you, you don't have to resort to a trial and error approach. Absolutely. And we're seeing now the data is in the outcomes or the lack of outcomes, right? So we're seeing kids are dropping out of college because they just don't, they're not feeling it. They don't know what they want to do. They get halfway through, they have to declare a major and they're like, I don't know, I'm going to take a break, which is totally fine. I'm on board with a gap year big time before, during, or after. They're also graduating. It's taking them longer, right? The majority, it takes more than four years, some as long as six years. High percentages are changing their majors multiple times, therefore extending their time in college. And oh, by the way, parents costing you a lot more money. And many of them are graduating with a degree and not working in that degree field, which leads to underemployment or unemployment. So they have this very expensive degree, but they're not making enough to support that degree in the sense of they have a ton of student loan debt that they can't pay off. So to your point, like it, everybody says, oh, just let them go and figure it out when they get there. But the data is in the outcomes and where they end up or where they don't end up. And again, I'm not picking on college. This is true of trade schools, boot camps, any other path that somebody might take. 
without some planning and forethought behind it, you're likely to end up changing course pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, Betsy, I use the analogy that when you choose a preparation path, whatever that may look like, when you choose a preparation path without having a verifiable career fit first, it's like purchasing a plane ticket before knowing where the conference is. Right. Right. I mean, right. Who, who would do that? Who would invest in getting to a destination that they're really not sure is the right destination? Right. So right. whether that's uh, a trade school, a certification program, the military, college, when you embrace and invest in a preparation pathway without first knowing that it's going to end in a verifiable career fit, meaning a, a career position that you know from objective data will lead to success and motivation and fulfillment. If you don't have that verifiable fit first, you are taking a massive risk, a huge gamble on it working out. And as you said, the numbers show, the data shows it usually doesn't work out without waste. And that's a shame because it's unnecessary. Agreed. Okay. So how do we fix this? Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you have lots of approaches, or we, I should say, have lots of approaches. But today we're going to talk about one in particular, one process or methodology that you share with career confused teens to help them start on this path. You want to talk about that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so let me zoom out for a second because I love to give context. I'm always zooming out. I now have a 23-year-old and a 21-year-old, and they grew up hating that because they'd ask, <laughs> they'd ask a simple question at dinner, hey, dad, whatever. And then I'd say, all right, now, for me to really answer that, I give some, and like, dad, please just give us the answer. Uh, anyway, so, so I won't do that to your audience, I promise, but let me zoom out quickly. And that is to say, there's two really critical elements of figuring this out. It's it's the two-sided no coin, K-N-O-W, no coin. What do you have to know? Two things. You have to really know yourself, know how you're wired in areas that actually matter for career direction that are done with a, a an objective process, not your subjective feelings about yourself, but objective data on the things that matter. And then the other side of the knowing coin is knowing a position of interest, right? You, you really have to know both. Um, however, we don't have time to get into both today. And there is great value actually and great benefit in just doing the know the position side of that knowing coin. And so that's what we want to talk about today. And that's what we really want to empower this listening audience to, to actually be able to do if they choose to. Well, I can't imagine that any parent wouldn't want to know or any teen wouldn't want to know because again any little things that we can do to help them get closer to their goals and get closer to a career path i think they would welcome that it's not happening in our schools and it's not happening through many of the assessments that are out there and our teens often look at jobs at the surface level so anything we can do to help them dig deeper is definitely worth the time so let's get into that. All right, let's do it. Well, to kick off, you know, I, I always just kind of leave this thought with parents and that is, and young people too, it, it's likely that a teenager will spend more time researching their prom dress or first car purchase than their future career, right? And that's true. So true. Th yep. That is like, just shocking and alarming. I understand why it happens, but it's just alarming that something that's so significant, something that can require such an investment of time, money, and effort would have so little research put into it up front. And so um, it, it, that's really what this is about. It, it, it's empowering our young people to know before they go or look before they leap. You know, it, it's to have that knowability factor about a career of interest so they can at least see things that might initially really have a huge turnoff factor to them, right? It, it still doesn't mean 
they know if it really fits their wiring, because that's the other part of the knowing coin that they'll need. But at least they can know the position enough to have their eyes open to what they're really getting into and not have surprises come later down the road that make them regret the choice. I think any parent who has worked outside of the home, and we all know that we work really hard inside the home, but anyone who's worked out in, in a career or a job has had has bumped up against that, has taken a job um, or a position and just said, oh, I didn't know this was going to be part of it, or oh, if I had known this, I don't think I would have taken the job. Like, exactly. There's so many aspects that I think we can all say that at one point or another, we found things out that maybe they weren't deal breakers, but they certainly weren't things we enjoyed or that brought us fulfillment. So I think it's relatable. And I think, frankly, the advice you're going to give today is helpful to anyone of any age. Yeah. Oh, it is, Betsy. I meet adults that are still you know, uh, in places of employment that they're really miserable and they are, are feeling stuck and they're there because they thought the position was one thing. When they got there, they said, oh my gosh, this isn't exactly what I thought, but maybe they had uh, obligations, financial obligations, and they really didn't have the freedom at that point to make a change, or they had already invested quite a bit of time, energy, effort, money in that preparation, and they, they didn't want to throw all that away. Um, so yes, to your point, uh, even adults can be greatly helped by this if they're thinking about changing or they're thinking about re-entering the workplace or another scenario, uh, this would be incredibly applicable for them as well. All right. So you have developed what you call a career profile. Yes. Want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that you can learn about a career position and not all of it is equally helpful or equally beneficial as far as knowing what it entails to make a choice about it. So, so what I've done is I've identified six basic elements of a career position that really should be researched so that you can come to a thorough and accurate understanding of the position, right? So I kind of boiled it down to six. And this is really helpful because sometimes young people can feel overwhelmed as far as a starting point, like how do I even start researching a career? And, you know, you can visit one career information site and be overwhelmed with what's accessible as far as information and data about the position. So um, I've kind of boiled it down to six of the most critical, essential things to know about the career position. Okay. You want to walk us through one by one? Yeah. All right. So um, the starting one is super easy to get at, and I call it the numbers, the numbers. In particular, there's two numbers that are really important to look at. Number one is the salary range, and the second number is the projected growth for this position, projected growth for the position and salary range. And so uh, those are two really simple uh, pieces of information that you can easily learn about any career of interest. And it's a great starting point because if someone starts there and they realize, you know, I didn't realize that this position made so little, well, right away, then there's really no point to continue on any further if that's not going to be a career and that's not going to be income that can give them the lifestyle that they are desiring. Secondly, if the projected growth of this career position is, is zero or negative, well, no one really should get into a job or begin to use time, energy, resources, money to prepare for something that is, is waning and that will likely become very obsolete soon. So again, to me, that's the most important starting point. If the salary is, is acceptable and there's good projected job growth for that position, then I think it's totally okay to go to the next step and find out the second thing. Great. And we're not going to get into a lot of detail of the how they do this research because that would be, well, maybe that is a whole other podcast episode. But uh, for the most part, they can get what they need online. 
um, Department of Labor has statistics like this and other websites. And if they just Google these kinds of things, they'll find what they need. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. And then if, if, if we want, Betsy, at the end, we can kind of leave a couple of actionable steps um, that I'd be happy to share that can be simple enough to start doing today if they choose. Okay, great. Great. All right. Number two. All right. Number two, um, we want to be looking at the the activities or responsibilities in the position. Right. So in the day in, day out, what will you be doing, the actual activities in this position, and what types of things will you be responsible for? So activities and responsibilities are the next starting point. Okay. Because if the salary works out and there's good projected job growth, the next thing that you really want to know is, well, what exactly am I going to do every day? Right. Because that knowledge can really quickly help a young person say, do I even like any of that stuff or not, right? So again, that being second, really then lets a young person know, do I go on to number three or am I stuck right here? Because some of these activities are not things I'm either good at or not things I'm really motivated to do. And both are important. We should be in careers, our young people should be in careers where the activities that they do are things that they're good at, but also actually enjoy and are motivated to do. They find satisfaction in doing, right? Both are important. You can do it and you want to do it. The can do and want to do are both uh, important to be together when we're thinking about a prospective career. And I think that's one of the big missing links for kids, well, for anybody, right? Like, You've heard of the career, you might have read a brief description of it, but until you dig deeper, like you don't know what the day-to-day is, what kind of tasks are associated with it, what kind of, you know, all the details associated with that. So that's a really good point. Like before you go any further, find out if it's a job you actually really are interested in and want to do. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. The, the third thing to know, Betsy, is pretty similar. So the second thing are, was the abilities, um, the activities that you'll be doing, skills involved. The, the second uh, or the third thing really relates to the subjects that are involved or the, the stuff you're going to need to know about, right? The, what, what is the knowledge base you need to acquire? Uh, what are the subjects involved? So the subjects could include things like numbers, ideas, language, music, tools, physical materials, people, right? These are all subjects. So you really want to think about what what are the main subjects? What are the things that I'll be working with in this particular position, right? And then another related issue is like, what is the knowledge base? What, what What am I going to need to know in order to be successful in this position? Do I need to know technology? Do I need to know about human psychology, human development? Do I need to know about teaching? Like, w- w- what is the uh, the core knowledge base that this position is really dependent on? And or what what are the subjects that I'll be working with in this particular position? So, so knowledge and subjects are the third thing to really focus on when it comes to knowing the position. Okay, great. So, what's next? Okay, so we move into the fourth uh, key area of something that, you know, of what you need to know, and that area is the requirements. What's actually required to eventually get hired into this position? And and that can take uh, several forms. It could be 
like a degree is required. It could be some kind of completion of a certificate program or some kind of licensing. Uh, it could also come in the shape of certain types of experiences or years with a certain type of experience. So, so these are all important factors to consider. What is actually required in order to eventually be hired? And, and sometimes young people just don't know exactly what's involved. They may have some idea, but they don't know the details. And, and I've worked with clients, Betsy, who come to realize, oh, that requires two years of this kind of experience. Wow. I'm not sure that I, I want to invest in that kind of time frame. Right. And so, again, simple things that can be known through some basic research that might really change the outcome of interest in pursuing that particular position. Yeah. And this this particular area is something that I'm I say I get a bee in my bonnet about sometimes because you may need college, but you may not. Or you might need a certificate that you can get online in 10 months rather than having to go to something for two years. Like the research for this part for me is so incredibly important in that you want to make sure that the path you choose is the most direct, efficient, and frankly, cheapest path, not cheapest, but you don't want to take, spend a bunch of time and money on a path you don't need to take. And I say this all the time too, the education and the learning is the journey. It's not the destination, which I think happens a lot with teens who say, I'm going to college. Okay, great. Why are you going to college? What are you going to do with that? And where are you headed after? I think that's a big question that parents don't tend to ask. And you know, you said earlier, people spend more time on a car purchase or um a prom gown than they do researching careers. I would agree. And they also spend enormous amounts of time researching colleges. Who has the best campus? Who has, you know, the major I want, although the major might be random or arbitrary, you know, um, what school can we afford? Where am I going to get the most merit? Like the, I'm in the thick of this right now. And the college research process is makes your head want to explode. But never once that I've seen is that big question in front of all the other questions. Well, what do you want to do with that degree you're going to get? I don't, I don't hear that answer very often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, Betsy, you, you, uh, you mentioned two E words a minute ago when you talked about why research is so important as far as determining path. And you said, you know, we want the most efficient path and we want the most economical path. Um, I would also add a third E into that equation, which is often overlooked. And that is we really want the most equipping path because believe it or not, there are some career positions that don't require a degree, but colleges have a major that you can get for that position. Honestly, folks, honestly, there are some non-degreed positions that you can better, yes, I said the word better, better prepare for by not going and earning a degree, okay? Now, we're not anti-college. Neither Betsy nor I are anti-college. I have two children and their paths, because of a verifiable fit, were very diverse. Uh, one of them went to school, earned a degree. The other did not. So we're, I'm not against it. What I am against is college or any other plan as a default mode without really considering what preparation path is best for equipping me to have a high degree of readiness and standout so I can actually get hired, right? Some positions, again, let me repeat this, some positions that don't require a degree have a college major you can go and, and, and participate in for that position, but it's not necessary when going to earn a degree is actually less beneficial than if you went another preparation route, okay? So just because there is a college major associated with the position doesn't mean it's always best to go and earn the degree. Um, I, there's a, a guy I met not too long ago, and he told me this exact story, Betsy. He was interested in going into uh, film and production, 
And he had uh, his parents actually basically said, you need to go to college. And he knew that for what he wanted to do in that industry, that earning a degree was not the best route to equip him for readiness and standout. But his parents put the squeeze on him. And so he went and earned a degree. Now he has a chunk of debt that's hanging around he's got to pay. And he couldn't get hired to do what he wanted to do because he didn't have the right preparation. He didn't have a portfolio because he was too consumed with schoolwork and earning a degree. So all of the money that he should have been investing in equipment and setting up projects and all kinds of things to build a massive portfolio was being funneled into an unnecessary pathway called a bachelor's degree, okay? So he graduated with a degree, could not get a job doing what he wanted to because he only had a degree. He didn't have a portfolio. He took a job. He was editing videos for a company. He was doing video editing, but he couldn't leave that that, uh, job to go start his profile or his portfolio rather because he needed the money to pay for the school debt. So you see this vicious cycle he was caught in because he was forced into a preparation path that really truly wasn't the best path to equip him for readiness and a standout factor. And it, it was a sad story. A very it was really sad because this guy this guy was depressed. He was actually depressed because he saw there is no way out of this for the foreseeable future. I'm stuck doing this and I could have avoided it if I would have gone down the path that was truly best to prepare me for it. And we're seeing that in articles and data, and I'm hearing it on podcasts, the future of work and equipping and preparing young people for the jobs that are coming you know, this year, next year, and years to come, very much skills-based training. And and for reskilling people as older people age out and they have to bring younger people into the jobs. And I think we're starting to see it in higher ed too, fortunately. Uh, I just read an article recently that colleges are starting to look at certain colleges, a combination of education plus skills training. So they're graduating kids ready to go right into the workforce. So Hopefully, we're seeing a shift in that direction, but that's a great story, you know, not a happy story, but a great story to illustrate the the importance of choosing the right path. So what's left? What have we not talked about? All right. Well, we have two left. We have five. Oh, Oh. yeah. So so number five would be the environment. And, And when we say the environment, we're literally talking about the work context. You know, when the young person goes to the place, whatever that is, where their work happens for this particular position, what what is that environment like? Okay, so they want to look for things like, is it structured or unstructured? We want to look for things like, is it stressful or is it, you know, kind of laid back? We want to look at things like, is there a is there a high degree of recognition or is it more behind the scenes, right? These are all things that are part of the work context and environment that will either align with how our kids are wired or they will, uh, they, they will kind of violate our child's inner wiring and inner design. And so we, we want to be able to make sure our kids really understand the, the working environment, the context that they'll do their work in. Um, I just finished some time with a client recently, and they uh, they had gone through this process, this this uh, journey. We have something called Deep Dive. It's a 14-day virtual experience to do all this. And she had just finished. And one of the things that she shared in a testimony she sent me was that she didn't realize the the, the where she would be working. She realized and knew the what she would be doing, but she didn't realize the where she would be doing it, meaning the context. And she said, there are things I learned about this, the context of, of where I'd be working that I, I, I don't want that. Like, that's not something I would choose if, if I didn't have to. And that was, again, an example of 
really understanding the environment, the context to help ensure that this is something that I feel resonates with me. And so it, it really is an important uh, fifth piece here of the knowing factor. Yeah, there's so many things to consider. And I've had this conversation with multiple young people, indoors or outdoors, right? Am I going to be in a cubicle or am I going to be out in the field? Am I going to work with other people or am I going to be independent? Um, a, an example came up recently, which was marine biology, which at first glance, you would think marine biology, that's cool. I'm on a boat. I'm out with all the sea life. I'm doing all these cool things. Well, wait a minute. It depends, right? If you're a marine biologist, you might be in the lab testing samples or that's, those are the kinds of things I think that just aren't obvious that through this deep dive in what we're doing today will help them figure that out. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, and, and, and especially on this point, number five, there are so many ways that a career position gets romanticized, right? Mm. And so our kids see a particular job on a Netflix series and they're like, oh, I think I want to be that. Right. And the context that's painted <laughs> for this position is, is really not accurate. I, I always tell people I was totally guilty of this when I was a kid. I'm going to date myself here a little bit. But um, when I was a young guy, of course, I wanted to be a private investigator because of Magnum PI. Right. Maybe you remember that show. Yes. I'm sure. There are- sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, Tom Selleck, the hunk and, you know, super short, short, tight shorts. Um, hunk. Yeah, the, the, he was a hunk. And, but, you know, as a young guy, I was enamored with the position of a PI because I'm like, oh, you get to drive a Ferrari and you hang out of a helicopter shooting at people like, yeah, like I want to do that when I grow up. I, I want to be a private investigator. Um, so obviously it's a silly example. It's true, though. I actually was like, man, I, that would be an awesome job. Um, not not realizing that, man, that is n- nothing close to what an actual private investigator may do. And so um, it's just an example of, of how positions are romanticized in our culture. And it's easy for our kids to pursue a position based on a romanticized view of what the context is, uh, but yet that context is not valid. So, so they're actually pursuing a position that doesn't really exist. Because that envisioned environment isn't true. It's just made up. It's a glamorized version of it. Yeah, I think another thing that we have to consider now, which we didn't in the past, is so many companies have gone remote um, since the coronavirus. And a lot of them are saying they're not going to change back or they're not going to go back full time in person. So I just think that's another layer that young people need to look at if they're not comfortable working from home. And gosh, they got a taste of school from home, a lot of them. But that's something else to consider. You know, a lot of tech jobs are going to be remote. And if you feel the need to go into an office and collaborate with other people, you just have to be really clear about where you're looking for the job. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's a great example of how a societal shift, you know, that's a macro shift in our culture is changing the world of work, changing the landscape of work. Um, Much like when you were saying earlier, when we think about preparation path, there there are so many new ways to do that. And, And this is where I always encourage parents, please, please be so careful to bring antiquated assumptions and an antiquated paradigm, an old outdated mode of thinking into your child's career future plans. It happens all the time. And and this whole remote working thing is an example of yet another update that parents are going to need to have when they're telling Johnny, well, you should maybe think about this. Meanwhile, that position has drastically changed in the last year and will Mm. never be what it used to be. Right. So yeah. that's a good example of updates. You know, like we get the computer updates and it says update your software now. Right. Yeah. Parents, especially in the world we live in, the world of work is changing more rapidly than ever. So parents, we have to constantly be aware what's changing, what's changing, what's out there. If I were to advise my kids this way, is that actually accurate anymore? You know, 50 years ago, having a a 10-year gap in, you know, the workforce, 
that 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 there nothing really changed in 10 years, 50 years ago. However, I mean, major things change in a two-year span today because of technology. And so parents always have to be careful that they're not advising and influencing in a way that's based on old, outdated information. Great point. That was, really little, so that point. was a little side bonus. <laughs> yes. The, the hits just keep coming. All right. All right. And last, we have one more left, right? Yes. Yeah. Wrapping up number six. Uh, number six is really thinking about the overall outcome. You know, at the end of the day, what does this position allow me to do? And I don't mean like, you know, the physical or the, the very surface level, what do I do? You know, oh, I, I, I build something or I make a trinket or, you know, I, I, uh, I teach a lesson or I crunch numbers. I'm talking about like the, the bigger, more substantial uh, outcome of what I do. You know, at the end of the day, am I impacting the future of a kid? At the end of the day, am I just helping a company make more money? At the end of the day, am I creating something that's going to change the lives of other people? Uh, I'm, I'm talking about that kind of more visceral gut outcome, not not the the physical surface level outcome of what the, the 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 actual work does, right? So so that's really important because again, the reason that I've chosen these six things is because these six areas are directly related to elements of our kids' wiring, and they're going to be more apt to know this just doesn't feel like something I want to do, or this doesn't feel like a skill that I have, or this doesn't feel like a subject that I want to be working with all the time, right? Because it's tapping into a part of their design. Now, again, we are advocates of young people thoroughly and accurately knowing their own wiring just as much as we are of them thoroughly and accurately knowing the position. Right. Again, not through their own opinions of themselves, but through objective data that we are actually able to to gain. Um, but again, in the absence of that knowing of self, just knowing the career position in these six ways will, will tap in to some of the sense, the intuitive sense they have about those parts of their wiring, even if they don't formally go through a process of clearly and accurately identifying all of it that's really critical. They'll still have a much better sense than if they don't find out these six things, right? So that, that sixth one is equally important. At the end of the day, what is this position actually allowing me to participate in? What's the payoff that I get at the end of the day in this particular job? So important. So, so important. Especially too, I feel like our younger generations... Honestly, I feel like they want to make a difference, that they're engaged and they care about the world around them. And I think this question will help them figure out if it's a good fit. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's really important. Yeah. Wow, this was helpful. Lots, lots of information packed into a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, but before we talk about where people can find more information about your deep dive workshops and, and everything else that we do. Um, you said you wanted to maybe give a couple of quick tips, actionable steps at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, I, I feel, you know, I, I love the high school hamster wheel podcast. I love what you're doing. Uh, the parents that I've met from this audience have been fantastic. Many of them have migrated over to the LA 12 Facebook group that you and I co-host and, and they're just quality people. So if you're listening, I believe that you are a quality person. Um, but I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Of course. But what one of the things I know is important to this listening audience is saying, well, okay, great. Like I know this conceptually, but give me, give me, give me some application. How do I, how do I go use this stuff? So I know that's really important to this listening audience. And I want to make sure that I, I leave you guys with something. So um, here, here's um, some real quick how to, how to do this, right? How to find this stuff out. Number one is by doing online research. That's really the most important. Uh, that's the most productive and the easiest to do. So online research would include things like job listing sites. So whatever this career position is that your child has in mind, go to job listing sites, indeed.com, monster.com, look for positions for you know the postings for this particular position and have them read about it 
Um, and, and thinking about these six areas while they're actually reading the job descriptions. Number two, job info sites. Um, there's actually entire websites that are dedicated just to information about positions. So ONET is one, ONET.org. Um, it's the occupational network. It's maintained by the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. It's a fantastic website. Um, and then the, the third online strategy that I would recommend is simply doing some Google searches, right? So any one of these uh, six areas can turn into a separate search query using that item, but also join it with the position being researched, right? So let's say if accounting is the position that we're looking at, the number one thing, which are the numbers, you could simply put average salary for an accountant right? You're plugging in the item you're trying to find with the position. If you're trying to find the projected growth outlook for this position, it literally would be projected growth outlook accountants. And the Google hits that will come back will be amazing. And you can do that for all six, all six of those areas. Just put down the area and just include the position and then hit search and you'll be amazed with incredible amounts of data you can find on all these items. So, so helpful. I'm going to include those links um, in the show notes. So if anybody wants to check that out there, they'll be able to find it. And what about finding you and the deep dive and all the other good stuff you do? Yeah, great. Well, I would, first of all, I'd love to connect with all your audience. Like, um, you know, Betsy, I know one of the, the reasons that you and I work so well together is we're both super generous and we really want to help. So, uh, I, you know, I've had people be skeptical about booking a chat with me because they thought I was going to sell them something. And then they get on and they're like, oh, my gosh, I should have done this three months ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we, we don't sell stuff, you know, like that's neither Betsy nor I are about that. So uh, don't be afraid. You can reach out if you want to request a chat. You can do that. The best place to find both of us, honestly, is um, we have a Facebook group called Life After 12th. And man, we have just a great community. I think there's almost 1,600 uh, parents in there now. Um, we just we do a lot of training and we have resources and there's all kinds of cool stuff that goes on there. So that would be the best place to come and connect with us. Um, the other thing is you can visit the uh, Life After 12th website. That's lifeafter12th.com, lifeafter12th.com. You can visit our website. Um, and then the other thing that that's, uh, would be important, especially for this particular episode, Betsy, is, is to check out the deep dive workshop that we do. Um, it's basically, it's a 14-day uh, boot camp, a virtual boot camp. And we take each of these six things and we literally show students how to figure them out, and then they actually do it. So it's a true workshop. Uh, we also teach them how to identify professionals, and they actually contact professionals, set up, and actually host informational interviews. Because there are some other strategies to figure this stuff out, and we go through a few other ones in the Deep Dive Boot Camp, and they actually do the work. This isn't just learn about it, it's do it. They get fully supported. For 14 days, they have unlimited access to me directly. They can request phone calls, video chats, uh, 14 days of unlimited access to get extra help if they need to. But they literally work through this process of figuring out those six things through the online research and through informational interviews with professionals in the field. Um, so you can check that out. It's uh, life uh, or it's it's map and me dot com backslash deep dive. I think Betsy, you said you'd include the link. We have some upcoming dates for that. So you want to check that out as soon as you can. We do limit registration to 15 so that we work as a unit and as a group. And I can really give my full time attention to any of the students that are in uh, that particular boot camp. Awesome. Yeah, I will definitely include links and be sure and check it out. Oh, and we have a YouTube channel now too. Oh yeah, that's right. After. That's right. You know, I it's it's kind of like the forgotten, you know, element of what we do. It, it yeah. it's yeah, it's there, and we forget about it all the time because it's new. <laughs> if you're not on Facebook for some reason, um, you can yes. also find our content on YouTube. Sweet. All right. Well, this has been eye-opening and enlightening as always. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks. It's great. I just love uh, love what the work you're doing, and uh, I really do love the 
High School Hamster Wheel audience. Love to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. I so loved that conversation. Is it obvious why Jay and I get along so well? We share an identical passion for helping teens and young adults find their way to a career that they'll love and stick with. As we talked about in the episode, we need a revolution in the career guidance world. Change is not happening in our schools, and unfortunately, there are still a lot of people, parents included, who believe that one, our teens are too young to know who they are and what they want, and two, that college should be the default for every kid who has no other plan. That's simply not the case. The data is in the outcomes. Our kids are changing majors more than once. They're taking longer to graduate. They're dropping out of school. They're struggling with anxiety and depression. They don't have a plan. And they're overwhelmed at the thought of trying to figure it all out. But it doesn't have to be that way. Jay and I are here and we're ready to help as you guide your teen to the path that's best for them. If you aren't already a member, please join Jay and me in our Life After 12 Facebook group. Believe me when I say that our group is a no-strings-attached community filled with thoughtful and engaged parents just like you. And if you want to learn more about the coaching that Jay and I do, please visit mapinme.com to learn more about us and our coaching methods. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm very grateful you're here, and I'd really appreciate it if you would follow or subscribe to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast in your favorite podcast player. I welcome your feedback, and I'd love to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. All links and references mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash 84. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. Hello, and welcome to Guilty Greenie. I feel like we should start off this show by saying it's nearly impossible to be 100% sustainable given the current world we live in. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Not a great analogy for a vegetarian, but you know. We're talking uh, about sustainability, maybe not the best analogy. Don't eat the elephant is the first rule of the Guilty Greenie. There's your first challenge of the week. (laughs) Avoid elephants. What they used to call frugal is now considered sustainable. It's such an aha moment. Frugal to sustainable. You can save money and help the planet. That's going to be our new tagline for sure. You can find Guilty Greenie on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Until then, stay curiously green. Green.